kudos, kudos. Yeah. I like that, man. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham. With me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo, to whom, as, as usual, I will say hello, Jojo. <laughs> hello, Graham. Ah, Jojo, how you been, Jojo? I've been fine. How about you? You know what? I'm doing alright. You know, doing alright. The week is winding down, if you know what I mean. So, uh, we have been without internet in this household for uh, a couple of days. Internet went down on Thursday and the benevolent AT&T has told us we can't send anybody to your home until Monday. So fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, I, I know some households where that would have caused rioting and, and gnashing of teeth and, and weeping and wailing and rending of clothing. And so, you know. Well, it's a beautiful thing that my 21-year-old works now, so he doesn't dedicate so much time to, <laughs> to the internet as before. But if it were back in the days when he was just stu- studying... Yeah, that would have been trouble. But it would have been literally the end of the fucking world. The end of the fucking world. Uh, mom gets the text at home like, did you call the AT&T people? What's going on? Well, how is that even possible? Can we set up with somebody else meantime? Can we call Comcast? <laughs> yeah, no, serious. You know, every day he comes home and he's like, so is he back? I'm like, no, it won't be back until Monday. So stop asking <laughs> Is it Monday? <laughs> Sorry, but until it's Monday. Yeah, yeah. You, you SOL. You shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. So today what we have decided to do is that, you know, September is drawing to a close. And even though we didn't podcast for a few, well, at least two September days, uh, two September weeks, we did watch a couple of things, didn't we, Jojo? We did. And so we wanted to share with you the things that we watched that we never got an opportunity to talk about. One, because we did not podcast for at least two weeks. I think the last week of August, or was it? No, the first two weeks of September. Yeah, uh, I think that, it, yeah, right? it was like three weeks. We was Yeah, yeah, that sounds right to me. So we didn't podcast for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I went on vacation. Jojo was doing some things and shit. We're like, yeah, whatever, man. And then we came back and apologized to you guys and gave you a couple of episodes and it was all good. You know, having said that, we did watch a couple of things that we didn't have, we didn't get to, to share with you folks. And so we're going to do that. We're going to do a recap of the best things we watched during the month of September. Jojo, why don't we start with you? What did you watch, Jojo? Okay, so I watched a Netflix series from Germany that I really, really, really enjoyed. (laughs) Uh It's called Cleo with a K, although I have seen it spelled with a C in other places, but Netflix has it spelled with a K. It is a German show. Um, It's a little reminiscent of Killing Eve. Someone said it's Germany's answer to Killing Eve which made me a little 
like iffy about watching it because I was like, I don't want to watch like a, a copycat of Killing Eve, but it's not that at all. It is a completely different series, phenomenal acting and performances from the crew, really fascinating production values, different style of editing. And it's, it's just, it's fantastic. It is about an East German spy back in the days when there was the wall and she goes over to West Germany and she performs a, an assassination as, as she was told to do, she comes back and for some reason, she doesn't know why she gets sent to prison and the, uh, the organization that she works for denies all knowledge of her. They're like, no, you know, we've never heard of her, we, which she understood would happen being the kind of a spy she was, right. but she would, was also been under the impression, under the impression that they, she would basically get bailed out of anything. So she gets, uh, accused of smuggling or something. She gets sent to prison. A lot of horrible things happen to her in prison and then the wall falls and she is released and the rest of the series is basically her trying to find out why the hell she got sent to prison. You know, what went wrong? Why'd she go to prison? And who put her there? And then once she gets all of that information, she is on a revenge quest. And it, she okay. actually starts her, her revenge quest set up from her grandfather's house in a, in a little village in Germany. <laughs> of course. Uh, yep, she's she's in a little little village, and that's where she decides to to start her quest. She does make a friend who is in the the techno music scene in Germany at the time. Oh, that's definitely Germany, right there. <laughs> who believes he is an alien from the planet uh, uh, Six Six Sirius, I believe is is the name that it's given to. Of course. And his whole reason for being here on Earth is to spread the word and the love of techno music. So <laughs> that's sort of her sidekick. <laughs> that is the sidekick. Although that is sort of the sidekick. Although he he basically, what is the word, accidentally puts her in bad situations every time because I don't think he understands anything about how anything is supposed to work. So Maybe he was actually an alien from the... From... I, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. So it's it's it really is a fantastic series. I love the, all of the retro stuff that's in it, you know, and it, I think now I'm not German, obviously, so I don't really know, but I think it does a really good job of showing the difference between East and West Germany at the time, the culture and the the aesthetics, because it was almost, you know, as if time stood still for one side yeah. of the country and then time moved along on the other side. And it's it was it's very, very interesting. And and I love a series that doesn't that shows respect to its audience. And so it it definitely doesn't hand feed you anything. You are expected to pay attention and understand that things, what's happening and all that. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic series. It's Cleo. It's on Netflix. You know, the crazy thing is I saw Cleo when it was on Netflix's, uh, coming up or coming soon and Cleo with K, of course, I realized, okay, so this is a German thing. And remember I've, I've told you every time I've watched a German series, I've never been disappointed. 
Yes. Germans approach art as seriously as as they approach everything. And the art of cinema for them is a serious thing to the point of like, it has to be fucking perfect. It's an amazing yes. thing. Yes. So so I, I, I was really, but I thought it was a movie for some reason. I don't know why I was under the impression that it was a movie. And I was like, okay, this is a movie, I'm going to watch it or whatever. But now that you, I hear you say it's a series, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to get into it. But who knows when? Yes. It's, it's, it's eight episodes. Each episode is about an hour long. I think there's one that's a little bit longer, but it is fantastic. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't stay in Germany. You do get to see other parts of the world during the time she does travel in her revenge quest, which is, which is fun. And, uh, I love too, the fact that, that she's not, she's not a, a, a machine. She, she is, very, very human in this, even though this is a spy thriller and it's, she's set up as a super spy and she is a super spy. She is definitely a human and they have not stripped her of any sort of humanity or, um, made her into like a androgynous hybrid. Not that I have anything against androgyny. I'm not saying that, but it's just, they have cast her as a woman. They've decided that she's going to be a woman and she has a woman's reactions to things. And I love that, that they haven't sucked anything out of her or changed her as they haven't changed her into a super being. Right. right, right. <laughs> she's, she's still a human being. She's still a, a woman and she's still having these very human reactions to some of these terrible things that happened to her. Even though again, it's a spy series, things are exaggerated. There are some very funny, funny scenes, but, and there's some very gory scenes, but, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's very, very good. It is reminiscent of Killing Eve, but it is different. It's not derivative at all. Yeah, I think I, I, I understand what you're saying about, you know, the, the making her. So it's like this, this lack of, of dimensions in women characters that we are accustomed to see where either she is a superhuman being that would do shit that no dude or no woman could do ever, or she is completely lost and needs to be saved by some kind of uh, savior. And um, that's completely it. Yeah, uh, uh, one thing that come one movie that comes to mind for me is that one that Angelina Jolie played, sort of like a was it like a Russian spy that was. Uh, supposed to come to Washington and kill the president or some shit like that. And then, you know, she was, she had to pass as a dude. Do you remember that movie? I, I, I do remember it. I can't quite remember the name of it, but yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was like, whenever she touched you, she broke your bones and she, <laughs> like, right. that's not true. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm no, not sure that's right. true. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I I, exactly. I agree with you with that. You know, it's just it's just that kind of thing. So, as I said, Germans they will take art as seriously as they take anything else. So it, it is it's obviously going to be perfect, <laughs> as good as perfect. You know, so the cast is really fantastic too. Um... Uh, let's see, uh, Hala Hase plays Cleo, and uh, she's fantastic. And then there is another character, 
who's played by Dimitri Shkad, who's actually been in a, a few American things. I was like, I knew I'd seen him somewhere before, but he's so good as a 80s, 90s, because he, he plays a cop in this, yeah. uh, who is, who's kind of a, uh, and, and it's just, he's very good at it because he's, he's from West Germany. So he's, he's kind of got the Miami vice looking stuff going on, you know, and trying to do it with the haircut. And it's just, it's, 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 it's very good the way that it's done. And then there's another character played by, and I know I'm butchering these names. I'm sorry, but Vincent Reneski, he is another agent with Cleo and he's so good as somebody that you hate, but it's, it's fantastic because even though he is an over the top character, of course, because he's a spy, his performance isn't over the top. You just fucking hate him. <laughs> it's, it's like the guy that sits, you know, like two cubicles down from you that every time you yeah. walk by, you want to punch him, oh, you know, yes. that kind of thing, that, guy. that kind of irritation, that level of irritation, he just hits it perfectly. And it's just, it's, it's fantastic. So I, I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this series. And, uh, I, I, I if you get a chance to watch it, I, I really recommend it. It's, you'll have a good time. I am definitely going to go for it because uh, it was sort of like on my bucket list. And frankly, I haven't gotten to watch it because of my newly found obsession with K-dramas. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like going from K-drama to a German spy series would be too hard of a left turn for your brain. Like it would just be like, wait, hold up. Yeah. I'm frozen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. It would be buffering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would be some lag here. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've not spoken German on a daily basis since 2004. So it is possible that if I watched a German series, the first episode might be a bit like uh, my brain might be lagging <laughs> a bit. And of course, if I do watch a German series, I will fucking watch it in, <laughs> in German, you know. Mm -hmm. Any any foreign movie or foreign series that I watch, I'll watch it in the original language. That's a fact, whether I understand it or not. And I'll use the, the sub, subtitles for English, but I like being able to to hear the original character's voice and and all of the the nuances that come with it. So that's the way that's the way I do, man. What what, what did you watch it with dubbed? No, no, no. I never watch anything dubbed either. Um, I always watch with uh, in the original language with with subtitles on. Because even though I don't speak German at all or anything other than English poorly, it, it, it to me it just adds to the performance to hear it the way the original actor intended it to be said. Because I think that communications can occasionally transcend language in fact often does transcend language yeah. so that the way that the original actor or actress or or whoever is on screen is speaking can convey something more than someone who's who's reading it in a booth absolutely so my september okay so as as, as you know and i've made reference of this the entire time that we've podcast you know i've recently really gotten onto K-drama, but to step yes. away from that a little bit, although I, I will be talking about some of the K-drama shows that I've watched, but to step away from that a little bit, I completed the the last four episodes of one of my favorite series on Britbox, and that is Shakespeare and Hathaway. 
so the last four episodes for this, uh, I believe it's season three or season four, uh, came out. I don't know why they separated them, but I do think that because of this costume in Britain of most shows are about three or six episodes. The long shows are six episodes and the shorter shows are 90 minute each episode, three episodes. So I guess because for of Breedbox America, what they've done is that they have sort of like recalibrated some episodes to be your regular one hour episodes and then make the season longer. And so the first half of the of season four, they came out with six episodes and I thought it was done. And then because like the first half was like somewhere in April or June. And then all of a sudden I looked on my my Breedbox app and there was there were four new episodes that came out. So I watched them and you've heard me talk about uh, Shakespeare and Hathaway before. So it's a very entertaining little show and it's based in Stratford-upon-Avon, which is where uh, the bard was born. And it shows you all the splendor and the beauty of, of Stratford-upon-Avon and a lot of crazy references to Shakespeare. Everything is about Shakespeare. It's like, it's imagine imagine a place that has beautiful, almost medieval architecture, but also is, it is the birthplace of Shakespeare. But other than that, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> so so all they have to go with is that this is this is it's it's almost like people in Philly telling you that Paddy Labelle is from Philly. You know, it's like <laughs> that's all they have. And Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Don't come at me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the constitution was written in the independence. In, yeah, no. Paris Labelle. We got Paris Labelle and then Philly cheesecake. That's, that's, that's what we have. And probably soon Dr. Oz. Uh, anyway, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Shakespeare and Hathaway was uh, one of the things that I watched. It is a very enjoyable show, show so there are four seasons now. And uh, Luella Shakespeare is played by Joe Joyner, Joe Joyner. And Frank Hathaway is played by Mark Benton. And they have a very funny sidekick called uh, Sebastian and he is played by Patrick Walsh McBride. And this kid is literally a fucking chameleon. He, so, so he plays the sidekick of them, but he is a rather trained actor who will not waste time in telling you that he's a rather trained actor. And so every time they have a case going on, they will send him to sort of like infiltrate the case by disguising and acting as another person. And he's always up for the job. But this time, uh, he's, 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 <laughs> he steps off the plate. And, you know, it's, it's funny situations, funny show. It's sort of like a drama comedy type of thing. But these three people are very good together. And I, I, I enjoyed it very much. What else did you watch, Jojo? 
Uh, let's see. So I watched um, a docu-series, true crime, sort of true ickiness is probably the best way to put it. It's called Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. And it is a story of the rise and the fall of uh, someone named Warren Jeffs in the Fundamentalist Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and what that yes yes and the the fundamental portion so the very very much believe in polygamy very much believe in separatism from the world very much believe in you know the Mormon underwear and on all of that stuff but so this series was it's it's very interesting in that you you get to see the psychology of people as they are sort of slowly brainwashed into believing that someone is a true prophet of God. So they, the, the, the Jeff's family were sort of a, uh, I guess like a, I don't know, like the Pope in this particular sect of Mormonism. And the, the original leader was, I guess you could say sort of a benevolent tyrant, but when he died, his son took over and he basically went insane with power and he ended up on the FBI's most wanted list for human trafficking and sex crimes and um, lots of terrible things. What went down with these poor people is shocking and uh, it's very, very sad and sort of of, of a, a life lesson, I think, into what the human brain can take and what it will do to survive, what it will do to keep you alive, right. basically. And it's, it's, it's also interesting, I think, in the terms of thinking of it as an abusive relationship between two people and how people are always like, oh, well, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't she just leave? You know, why didn't the person just leave? And it's, it's, it, it really goes into the whole, well, if we left this sect, we would have lost literally everything. You know, we would have lost our house. We would have lost our children. We would have lost our... Uh, means of making a living and the people who have left you know they've had a difficult time in the outside world because they haven't had a traditional education they haven't had a traditional upbringing they really don't watch television so i mean they're just kind of like others i suppose right. as a way to put them when when they, when they get in the outside world so this is uh, an expose of that, but then also the story of how the FBI was able to catch, prosecute, and get Warren Jeffs behind bars for the rest of his life um, for the truly disgusting things that he did to women and children in his church. So I don't recommend it in the sense of something enjoyable to watch. It's absolutely the reverse, but it is certainly a interesting cautionary tale in human psychology and how 
people who are uh, want to be in charge, I suppose would be the way to yeah. put it, can can manipulate themselves into that position. Yeah. The cautionary tale, as you say, and also the the adage of, you know, absolute power corrupt and power absolutely corrupt. So Yeah. Yes. You know, I've I've glanced over that docuseries a couple of times and I don't know if you remember my uh, me telling you there after I've reached a certain age there are certain things of human cruelty that I can't really stomach and yes, yes. I, I yes when I feel like there's going to be some sort of real cruel you know situation there I don't know I feel like let me avoid that because I, you know, it's no, it's not a question of, you know, burying my head in the sand or anything like that. If it's something that is happening, it needs attention. It needs to be brought to the attention of, of, of people. Then, then I will watch it because I want to know that this has happened in what way I can help and what, what can I do? But if it's something that happened and it goes into this kind of, you know, docu-series or, something like that, then I'll, I'm more comfortable reading about it as opposed to just watching a docuseries about it. I don't, I don't know if that happens to you too. I, I can completely understand that. I, I really can. And the last episode of this is, I have to say, completely, completely stomach churning because there's a lot of things that I don't want to say they saved for the last episode because that sounds really gross. But I guess there's a lot of things that the way the story pans out really aren't revealed until the last episode of this show chronologically because it's, you know, based on the, the FBI's investigation into these this this sect. I think it is something I, I suppose uh, also not a, a case of, of the human condition, but I... I, I think that sounded a little too clinical and is a little too clinical because these are real people and it's really happening to them right now. And there's plenty of people because this just because Warren Jeffs is gone doesn't mean that his sect is gone. He is still from prison manipulating these people. And there are so many that I am quite sure would love to leave, but there's absolutely no way that they can. And I you know, your heart breaks for those people because there isn't really a helping hand for them and there never will be. Right. And I know that it's difficult because you can say, oh, they're, you know, they're adults or, oh, they chose this way of life and that kind of thing. But it's just, you know, they, the women, the children, the just inhumane way that they have been and are treated is is horrifying and you know it's the kind of thing where if <laughs> if i'm ever in in like utah or texas where these 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 two sects are based and there's someone hitchhiking you almost want to pick them up because that's the way a lot of them get yeah. out is they end up hitchhiking. And then of course, unfortunately they end up in a, in a, I don't want to say worse situation, but a similar situation, frying pan into the fire and yeah, tra traffic, uh, sex trafficked and all yes. kinds of shit. Yes. So it's, 
it's a terrible part of, of American day-to-day life that is happening right now that I think a lot of people aren't going to think about or talk about because it is, of course, religion, which is a touchy subject for many people. And then you have the addition of it being, you know, women, which nobody wants to talk about. And then they are all white people. So they have, you can, you know, they have all of the white privilege but none of the privilege that comes with the whiteness, I suppose, in the sense of their, they, they, <laughs> it, it kind of works to their non-benefit in that they, you can say that, you know, well, you, you're a white dude, you can get out of there and do whatever you want. And it's like, well, I never, I don't have a, a high school diploma. Yeah. What am I supposed yeah. to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Anyway, it's prejudice and classism, and it's it's a sad part of, of things that are happening right now in the country. And uh, I think that it should be something that, that people know more about. And, you know, this may not be the, the form to know about it in the sense of this particular docuseries, but um, definitely on the radar of, of what we know that's going on right now. That is a sad one, and... Again, this might well be one that I will not watch because, again, as, I, as I've told you, you know, I've glanced over it and I'm like, yeah, should I watch this? Because, like, you know, I find myself getting angry and after the the anger comes def- depression and all of that. The reason for me is I still can't understand how humankind can be so unkind to each other. Like, it... it, it <laughs> I should be used to this, right? Because, like, I, I live on this planet, <laughs> you know. But it's still hard for me. It's right. still hard for me to fathom that we can be so fucking horrible to each other, you know. And, and the levels to which we are willing to take that kind of unkindness, you know what I mean? It's just too much for me to even fathom. So. Yeah. Sometimes I tend to just yeah. you, you, you um, stay away from these. Um, I understand. I do. I completely understand that because you're right. We as human beings treat each other worse than animals yeah, ever treat each yeah. other, worse than animals ever treat us. But we as humans are capable of unimaginable cruelty and uh, or at least unimaginable to those of us with, with any sort of humanity in us true humanity, kind humanity. I don't know what the right term would be, but yeah, we, we can be really shitty to each other. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like animals don't enslave each other. <laughs> you know, every violence that happens in the animal kingdom is matter of survival of the fittest and, and the food chain kind of situation. Survival of the fittest in the sense that, hey man, I need, I need mating, <laughs> you know, if you think you're going first than me, and this is the only one, we're going to have to fight over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is it. And whoever is strongest and won, the other one just fucks off and, and goes looking for some something else. You know what I mean? That's the kind of violence that happens in the animal kingdom. Again, it's all instinctual and, and the matter of survival and this kind of shit. We, on the other hand, we know better. And we do worse. And this to me is just unimaginable. So, yeah. Yeah. 
One show that we did actually watch with the intention to do an episode about it, and we never got to that part, was the Netflix original series, Mo. We not only did we never got to that, because I, I believe that week, for some reason, we decided there's too much going on, let's just pause and not do an episode and, and, and just take a break. So, Jojo, tell me what you thought about Mo, because we never, even between the two of us, had a chance to comment about it. Well, what did you think of it? No, we never really did get to talk about it, did we? No, we didn't. I thought this series was as close to perfect as a comedy series can be. I loved the writing. I loved the... <laughs> I loved everything about it. I loved the writing. I loved the performances. I loved the funniness of it. I loved the drama that is in it. I can't wait for the second season. I loved every single character. I loved the the representation yes. of every single character too, as, as not just a, a character, but as a real person in real life doing real things. And it was fantastic. So I love this series. What do you think? Yeah, so so Mo, I thought I thought about it because I I know that Rami Youssef has won a couple of Emmys and Golden Globes and things like that, and Rami Youssef has done something to in in American television that a lot of people had been craving, and is the idea of the normalizing the representation of of young American Muslims in a way that it will show you that American Muslims don't have a struggle of being American. Like, you can be an American and you can be a Muslim. You don't necessarily only have to be a Christian to be a good American. And whatever good Amer being a good American means. And so, at the end of the day, what what I, I think Rami Yusuf has shown is that anyone who professes a faith has a struggle. And that struggle is part of life, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your background. And so when I heard that Mo was going to be also part of a creation between Mo, Mohammed Amir and Rami Yusuf, who are very good friends and Mo Amir is actually in the Rami show. I was like, this is going to be good, you know. But Mo's approach to life, to me, is, is perfect. As you say, the near-perfect kind of show because this is a kid that he's the most... The, the one thing that reminds me of being a, a preacher's kid in the sense that you are supposed, as a preacher's kid... Everybody looks at you as somebody who's not supposed to do some things. But at the end of the day, you are a kid. <laughs> and you end up doing those things because that's what kids do. And so more, you know, lands in Texas in, as a refugee with his family. And he realizes, you know, in order for me to survive here, I have to become American. What? As soon as I leave my house and I go into the streets, and when I get back home, I have to switch into the 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 Muslim kid that my parent, my mother expects me to be. 
But the other thing is, he is dealing with all of these responsibilities that come with being the child of an immigrant, where you have to become an adult very much earlier than anybody your age. No one really tells an immigrant kid, from now on you're an adult. That's not the case. It's just something that happens, like, in your head. It's like, yeah, man, in order for me to survive, in order for me to cope with this new life, I have to mature and mature quickly, you know. But when you, the more you watch the show, you realize, boy, is a fucking man child, and I really enjoy him. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's yes. what I love about yes. this show. That is what I love about He is having all the struggles that a late teen, early adulthood guy would have because he was forced to become a man, become the man of the house and things like that. And the lady who plays his mother, oh my God, what an actress. What an actress, yes. man. Yes. Yes. I love the show, Jojo. I, I love the show and I wanted so much to talk about it. Yes. And his girlfriend, you know, Teresa Ruiz from Narcos, by the way, uh, Maria, she plays Maria, Mo's girlfriend. They have this really beautiful little relationship that I really, I really enjoy seeing them together. And their conflicts are the perfect demonstration of of how stupid the interconnection of religions is, are. Mm -hmm. It's it's mainly we don't know enough about each other because like when Mo goes to the church to the Catholic Church with her, you know. He, it's a fantastic scene. It's beautiful because he takes his shoes off. I'm like, no, man, what are you doing? He's <laughs> like, you're not supposed to go to any temple. No, no, no. no. The here is considered offensive. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And Mo has some questions about the Holy Ghost and the Trinity and the whole thing. And it is beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's, this show is fantastic. So obviously, Mohammed Ani, uh, Amir plays uh, Mo Najjar. And his brother, Samir, who, these actors, uh, Omar Elba, he's very good too. I was like, who is this guy here? He is, he is so good. He is so good. And I, I, I loved every scene that he was in because he, he's just fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and the, the truth that, (laughs) the truth that he would spit every so often was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes, yes. <laughs> like the one part where he's like, something like, no, mom, it's not your fault, but you were terrible or something like, like you were mean. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and she was just like, oh, and, and I loved the fact that because she knew that it was him telling her that, that he's not going to bullshit right. her. Like he's not just making her feel better. Like he's, he's being honest and, and she being the good person that she is, is like, okay. Yeah. I understand. I, I I need to do something. I love the scene with the lawyer when the mom starts spitting words in Arabic and 
Moe says something pleasant to the lawyer, and she says, no, that's not what she said. She said, why the fuck did he get this fucking Polish woman? And she said, why, why, is, why is she putting her feet on my on my couch or something like that? And I'm like, yo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that too. And then Moe's just in the middle with like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, like, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> the other it's one fantastic, I liked. fantastic. The other, um, the other aspect I like is the depiction of the relationship of Jewish and Palestinians outside of the area of conflict, and that has that has always been a thing. Like some of the best friends, family friends in in New York that I've met are Arabs and Jews. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like. Outside of Israel, there is no that huge conflict between these two people. And it seems to me that those conflicts are purely in a geographical point. And once you get out of there, that mindset completely changes and you start viewing each other as humans more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. If you can see this old man playing checkers and shit like that, and they bust each other's balls all the time, and they make fun of each other's religion and shit, but it's all in good fun, and you can see that there's a genuine friendship and love and affection between all of them, and that is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I I, I loved, too, the... the the experience and the, cause I, I, this is my ignorance. I don't know very much about the Muslim faith or the Muslim experience. So this is, this is totally my, my ignorance, but I, I really loved that Mohammed Amir and I felt that he really understands. I mean, obviously he understands the character he wrote, <laughs> he wrote this character, but the, the, the constant, you know, may God be with you and the, the constant religious phrases when he's, when he's with other Muslims, I found really, really fascinating because with him, it came so naturally. And I, I felt that with an actor who was not familiar with that, it would have come across as forced or artificial or something like that. Whereas with him, it's just like, you know, like we would say, have a good day, man. Or, you know, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. May the force be with you, that kind right, of thing. Right, I don't know, but yeah. with, with him, it was it was just you know whatever, and I I I really that was kind of I I don't know it was it was kind of eye opening for me. I was like, wow, you know, there, there's a lot of religious religiousness, religiosity. That's not a word, but anyway, there's a lot of these these phrases and things that. I think if you were to read it, you would go, wow, this is a very formal atmosphere. You know, this is very, if they're constantly saying, you know, you know, may God be with you and those kinds of things. And that to me, that would read very formally, but seeing him perform it was, this is so natural. This is so, this is just part of life. This is just things you say, you know, just like, excuse me when you pass in the hallway or, or whatever. So I, I, that was eye opening for me to, to understand that that's just, it's just a part of life. It's not a, a ritual per se. Does that make sense? Exactly. So yeah. So those things, those things are just part of the of the lingo, part of the ling- of the everyday language. Even though to anyone looking from uh, the outside, it looks like that's that's a lot of formality, but it, it isn't. Uh, 
you know, like in Spanish, for instance, most people in Latin America will, whatever they say, will say, so if they mention something about tomorrow or in two days from here, they will say, after that, they'll say, si Dios quiere. God willing. Uh, this part, si Dios quiere, it just, again, comes naturally. It probably is is harder to not say that, to be honest. That's how naturally it comes. All of these little formalities of things that, that, that are said that, that have a religious connotation are pretty much part of the, of the, of the custom of the, of the idiosyncrasy of the, the Arabic influence, even in Spanish, even though Spain later became like the massive Catholic country that it is, you know, so it's just, it's just an amazing, beautiful thing. Yeah. So when you, when, when you watch a show like Mo and you, if you own, you know, if you're familiar with, with Latin American culture, you will see a lot of similarities in that respect, which may be what makes the relationship between Maria and Mo gel so well. <laughs> As you were speaking, I was thinking that. It was like, you know, the, the differences, but at the same time, the commonalities give them sort yes. of a, a, a foundation to, to start with. And, uh, yeah. you know, their differences, but they're they're at the same time the same and they they have great chemistry too the mo and the, they and, do as actors they yeah, do as have actors they have fantastic chemistry yeah like, yeah it's uh everybody i i feel had great chemistry with each other you know as you said the mom is a fantastic actress but her chemistry with her sons <laughs> is, yes is amazing yes. she has she has that mom chemistry that you know uh, when the <laughs> when she was taking care of him when he was sick and and when he hadn't said prayers I think and and things like that it was just it was just it was, it was very um, wholesome with a with a I don't know a rod of steel in it. <laughs> I really enjoyed Mo and we we strongly recommend Mo yeah to be watched. I, I, it seems to me that Mo as a show has kind of flown under the radar because. There's always a lot going on on Netflix, and unfortunately, it came out at a time where I don't know Prime Videos was coming out with its Lord of the Rings shit, and uh, Netflix HBO was coming out with you know House of the Dragon, and a lot went on so much so that when Netflix came out with Mo. Like only people who knew to wait for it, knew to go watch it, did. So it's, I mean, it's not too late. It's already there. So just go have a watch and you will definitely enjoy. This is one of the best things for me that came out in September. I agree. I agree. And yeah, go watch it. And you will, you will love it. I, I don't see how anybody could not love this show. And... You know, at best you'll find, or I should say at worst, you'll just love it because it's hilarious and funny and the different characters and, and, and relationships, you know, but it, it, at the best you're, you're going to learn so many things <laughs> and, oh, definitely. and that's, and that's fantastic. And, uh, it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful series. I can't recommend it enough. I, I, I loved all of it. And like I said, I can't wait. I hope there's a second series. I love to see what else Mo gets up to with all his friends. Yeah. Yeah. 
because we when, when, when the show ends in sort of like a cliffhanger too. It does. Will, so. It does. So there's that. Yes. All right. Did you, do you have anything else that uh, I really you didn't want to bring any, to our attention? I didn't really have anything else that I felt worthy of talking about. I watched a few other things, but nothing exciting. All right. So last night on the What Did You Watch Last Week? I mean, last week on the What Did You Watch Last Week um, segment of our podcast, I talked about watching the series The King's Affection. Yes. And... Uh, it's it's not a new show. It's a show that has been at least for a good six months already on Netflix. But I I discovered the show because again I after watching Extraordinary Attorney Wu, uh, I I became very keen of the actress and I started looking for stuff that she's done. And I've I've found this on Netflix. It was readily available, and I started watching it. I'm like, this can't be. I mean, there's no way that she everything she she is on is that good, <laughs> you know. Maybe she was good on this, and maybe she's terrible on that. Let me see, right? But no, man, she's a she's 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 a very well established little actress, and she does her thing. And this show. The premise of the king's affection is—it's not necessarily a weird one, but it's sort of like non-common, okay. because it's a kingdom in which having twins means some kind of like curse. Okay, so you're not supposed to have twins, right? And it turns out that the crown prince of that kingdom. His wife, the crown, the crown princess, just give birth to, to twins, which in in itself is a bad thing, but it just so happened that one of the two twins is actually a girl. Ah. So that made it worse. So given that that's the case, the little girl is ordered being killed because, you know, no twins and no girls, whatever. And the crown prince and crown princess devise a, a, a way to to spare the little girl by faking her death and sending her away to a monastery with someone to never hear from again. And they're, they're identical twins, by the way, except that 12 years later, little girl ends up being a maid at the palace. And little prince realizes there's a fucking maid that looks exactly like me. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. So now Little Prince is kind of bored with all of his you know, princely activities and shit. He wants to sort of like do some normal stuff. So he finds, he devises a plan to switch places with the little girl where she gets to play him and he goes out and walk around and do things like her. Okay. Okay. Except, except that the grandfather, the crown prince's grandfather, finds out, and he's the one who doesn't didn't want the whole truth about the girl to ever come out. Mm -hmm. So now he orders the girl to be killed again. Oh. It just so happened that when the soldier that is chasing the little girl to kill her, he doesn't know he's chasing, actually, the little prince. Oh. So he ends up killing 
the prince. The little prince. Oh, my. While the little girl was inside in the palace, dressed as the little prince. So now, let's not ever talk about this shit again. From now on, you are the prince. And that's the story. That's how it goes until she becomes king and everything happened. It's, yo, I'm, I haven't even told you a quarter of it. This is just how it begins. <laughs> the King's Affection is one of the most inventive, beautiful stories I've ever seen. And I don't know that a an Anglo-Saxon version of it could do it justice. Let's not ever hear about it again. Let it just stay in Korean and by Korean people. That's how beautiful of a story it is. So I urge you, I mean, not only the listeners, but I urge you, Junju, okay, to just start the show and you'll see how involved you get. Yeah. Because here's the thing. When I start watching a new show, I'm a f- at a 50-50 approval rate with my wife. She either is going to watch the first episode and say, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Or she'll watch the own episode and says, what is this about? And I'll tell her and then she gets hooked on it. She got hooked on this and she liked it. (laughs) So, and at no point did she alter the word, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) You know what I mean? Fantastic. Fantastic. So, so that to me, that's, that's, that's a seal of approval. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a seal of approval that I value a lot. This is fucking stupid. I'm serious, that's man. Great. She's that's brutal great. like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. I, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start watching that. Where is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yes. Netflix. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm I'm enjoying I'm I'm enjoying K drama so much that I almost got subscribed to. There's another app that is exclusively K drama. It's called Viki. I almost got subscribed to it, but then I thought there's a bunch of those shows that I haven't even watched on Netflix. So <laughs> let me watch. <laughs> let me get the ones on Netflix first, and then you know if I'm still into it, then I'll probably subscribe to. I'll dive deeper to Viki. Yeah. <laughs> But man, amazing, amazing. So the actress, again, her name is Park Yun Bin. Park is not her first name, of course. You remember that in Asia, East Asia, all names start with the family name. So Park Yun Bin is the the main actress. Her counterpart is a singer actor no, uh, who only goes by a first name, by one name, Rowoon. And there is uh Choi Byung Chan and Nam Yung Su and Bai Su Bin, who plays a very mean, mean, mean character called Inspector Jung. So, this, if you've watched a Korean show before, you will find a lot of actors that you're familiar with that you've seen before, even if you don't know their names. But The King's Affection, beautiful, beautiful romantic show and uh, lovely. The the cinematography, as I've, I've as I've said before, is absolutely wonderful. Makes you want to fucking go, like, walk straight into the airport and find the first flight to South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so fantastic, fantastic, really dope. All right, Jojo. So we have recapped our month of September because again, we did what we did and. Uh, 
we didn't want to falter in our, you know, commitment to tell people what we've watched and why we think they should give it a go. That's right. You have nothing else, right, Juju? Nope. I don't have anything else. All right, then. So the only thing we have left to tell you is that you can find us on social media. You can find us anywhere on social media. We're there. And if you go to our page, kickinginstrumentpodcast.com, you not only will find which apps, which one of your favorite apps you like to listen to podcasts where you can find this podcast, you can also take a quick click on Buy Me a Coffee and check out in what way you can contribute monetarily to this podcast. And by me and Jocelyn, well, I already have the coffee, so for me it's a beer. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, we would love that. We'll take a we'll we'll take a beer. We'll take right? a beer. We, yes, absolutely. We appreciate it. We'll take a beer, and you can find Jocelyn on Instagram as KNS co-host, and you will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M R P U Z Z E T T A. For me and for Jojo, this is goodbye. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.